Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I have a special guest with me today. His name is Rob Ekno. He's coming from all the way from Los Angeles. He has a phenomenal radio show there in L.A. And let me just tell you a little bit about him before I introduce him to you. He was um, raised in a loving home with a wonderful family with gifted and incredible opportunities. But Rob hit a big, hit it big early on, and he went from spinning records in high school to FM station to becoming an Associated Press award-winning news reporter almost overnight. He's the executive producer and co-host of a nationally syndicated radio sports show. He had everything to lose, and then Rob lost his way. So falling into alcohol and drug abuse, depression, and homelessness, he is now clean and sober since November 29, 1992, and he has experienced a new hope when God touched his life and transformed his reality. So he tells his moving life story, and he presents it in his own charismatic wit, the lessons he's learned, and what the United States needs to know before it's too late. So his book is called God Bless America Before It's Too Late. Now a little bit more about Rob. He appeared on Fox and Friends morning show in January 2010 as a finalist for America's Greatest Pitchman. For 15 years, he's produced and hosted a television shopping shows that have appeared across the globe, and he worked for four seasons on NBC's hit sitcom News Radio. He now hosts a worldwide radio talk show it's called In Your Face, and I've listened to it and I really enjoyed the show. And it's heard weekdays in nearly 100 countries on www.indy104.com. So we're going to talk some about his book, but I want to introduce you to him. So, Rob, say hello to the listeners. Good morning or good afternoon. <laughs> yes. yes, it's good afternoon now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> the sun has gone up and it's uh, beautiful. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you are here today and even being in studio because, you know, I had you on the show, um, the other show that I do, and that was via telephone. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see you face to face. And I have read your book and I really like it. So can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your book? Well, it's called uh, God with a comma, Bless America Before It's Too Late. So it's basically saying, God, please save us before we as a country here in the United States completely fall to pieces. You know, and uh, obviously our country was built on, you know, a faith and a belief and a loving God. And I can only imagine how frustrated that he has to be on a daily basis sitting there watching you know, I, I think that our country is falling apart for, for three reasons. Hopefully I don't miss it. But one is because God loves us so much that he gave us free will. Yes. With that free will, obviously, we've made a lot of materialistic choices, and it's all about the money and the car we drive and the house we live, and it's all about me, me, me. A lot and of who we know. and Right? Yes, Power. Yes. Hey, I can get you in backstage. Exactly. Oh, I can get you in over here. Oh, you want the job here? I got a, you know, everybody's got a connection. Yes. But the reality is we all have a great connection to God 24-7. And everybody uses, or many people, seem to want to use a different direction. You know, um, and and two, I think that God has given us a wake-up call. 
mm-hmm. because he put all these amazing talents and abilities in each one of us. Like you have the ability, obviously, to help people and, you know, talk to them and and provide them with guidance. You know, I just have a big voice and, and, and kind of bold. So he gave me a radio show and some other people are computer designers. Some other people fix our cars. You know, we all have amazing talents, but so many people in this country right now are settling, you know, and whining and plating the victim. And this isn't fair and that's fair. Think about Jesus. That poor guy got nailed to the cross. He had thorns stuck in his head, spit on him, you know, <laughs> called every name in the book. Talk about not fair. Exactly. And he sacrificed himself for us. So, you know, I think God's saying, Lay, listen, if you got nothing to lose, all right, I did an acting thing the other day out in Hollywood. And, and after I got done, I went on to the streets. We're over in Beverly Hills area. And one of the actors came out to me and said, hey, man, that was the best performance ever. And he said, you know why? Because I'm, as you know, I'm going through some life changes right now. And he said, when people have nothing to lose, they end up being their best in many cases. So if you're Isn't that the truth? Right? So if somebody's sitting at home right now listening and they're sitting there going, well, I don't have the money, the job, the, the relationship, whatever. Well, what do you got to lose but to maybe go after a dream that you've always wanted to go after? And you know what? No is an okay thing. Because every no that you get gets you that much closer to your yes. Well, that's like Edison had, what, a thousand no's? And he considered them as, that's, I just chalked off, I just crossed off the list, the thing that doesn't work. And he didn't take it no as like he's doing the wrong thing or he shouldn't do it. He shouldn't, be, he shouldn't continue to try. So he didn't see that no as a negative. That's correct. It was, I found nearly this many thousand times that didn't work. Exactly. Until I found the one that did. So yeah. it wasn't a negative. It was, okay, you know, uh, you know, calling the girl and asking her on a date didn't work. So maybe I got to, you know, <laughs> try something else <laughs> right. or whatever it is. That's right. But, That's but, right. but we all have so much ability. And then the third reason why I think that we're kind of going in the back direction, I think it's quite obvious. So many people want to just keep throwing God out of America. We took them out of the schools. You can't say the prayers. You can't do this. You can, they, even a national network blurred out, you know, one nation under God during the uh, Pledge of Allegiance last year on a major golf tournament. I mean, wow. how can, think about this. You, all of our bodies have hearts, right? And think about it. If we take the heart out of our body right now, what do we got left? There's nothing to pump life, no, no oxygen pumping, no blood pumping, no nothing. We got nothing. If we build a house... And we don't have a solid foundation when the tornadoes comes, when the high winds comes, the hurricanes come. That thing just goes floating down the river or gets blown up. But if we've got a solid foundation, which America was built on, and we bring that back in, we can turn around the country in a, in a quick way if, if we chose to. But we keep looking to man to solve problems that man has created. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, we're, it's kind of like first and second kings, right? Mm-hmm. It's like every single, and the king did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the king did evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, it's like we just keep turning to the wrong things. And so they had the, in all that, that, those two nations, Judah and Israel, they had wonderful wealth that God was giving them, and they would squander it every single time. You know, and a big, huge calamity would have to come in to cause them to repent. And then again, the next generation did the exact same thing, and sometimes even worse. And so there's this whole need for a heart change in our country, that we don't love goodness anymore. We don't love decency. We don't love politeness. We don't revere these wonderful character qualities anymore that just w- was a, sta- a stabilizing factor just in what, what to strive for. I mean, it used to be that if somebody had really poor character, at least they acted like they didn't because mm-hmm. that was the peer pressure of our society was that people don't act that way. 
Now, they may have done it at home, which we know people did. You know, there's still the same amount of abuse then that there is now. But now it's not looked at as something that's inappropriate. You know, it's like that that saying, white trash is rising. Mm. You know, it's like we are acting like white trailer trash. And it's really frustrating because we don't dignify ourselves the way that God would want us to. Well, there's so much disrespect. I was just driving out here on the McDowell Road, and I'm driving down, and all of a sudden I see this tissue come flying out the window. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not really cool because my thought is that there's a lot of men and women that have died for this country to give us the right to drive down that road, and people could just wait till they get home. And I know sometimes I take things a little bit to the extreme, but the, the thought process always comes back to the respect and the politeness and the caring for one another. And uh, and then I'm like, okay, that wasn't really cool. Then like a minute later, the same car, this boo, this whole thing comes flying out the window. And I'm like, man, you know, so many people gave their lives for this wonderful country and people just trash it all the time. And God took care of the situation. I'm thinking I'm going to pull up on the side of the red light on these people and roll down my window and mention that that might not be their best choice today. And uh, fortunately, uh, at the red light, I couldn't get up even with them. God decided that he would handle it rather than (laughs) me having to worry about it. But it was just a symbol of what you were talking about, the lack of politeness, the lack of courteousness. You know, no matter whether somebody has money or not money or a fancy car or whatever this. You d- that doesn't cost anything to say hi to a fellow human being, to open a door for somebody, to look over your shoulder when somebody's walking out a door and go, oh, here comes somebody. Let me stand here for a couple of seconds and hold that door. Just the little small things that we do every day that can really make a big difference in somebody's life. Well, I think that's a really important point because that's what you talk about in your book is that, you know, thinking about changing the whole thing is kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But if just every single person does their own part, it's huge. You know, the whole movement can start. If we, you know, otherwise, we just continue to be in dismay over the way the country is. Instead of just saying, but I can change the people that I interact with. My little world, my little space, I can change that. And I can make that different. And if everybody were doing that, then that would increase the opportunity for maybe God to enter in back into our country in a bigger way. Well, absolutely. I I had a guy on my show the other day, 24 years old. He's in Van Nuys, California, and people don't know that area. It's not the most prominent area of California. It's more thought after for drugs, hookers, and gangs. And so it's not going to be a place where if you have a choice to raise a family, you're not going to say, yeah, let's go to Van Nuys and live. And he started a a clothing line and stuff, and and the weird part was was that I just had met him last week, uh, uh, and then uh, he came and did the show because he was getting baptized. His young brother of 21 had just come back from Iraq and uh, had said, dude, you got to get God in your life. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, brother, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And then all of a sudden, his his younger brother said, no, dude, you really need God in your life. And the point is that on the show— he was talking about the fact that, hey, I'm starting my own clothing line and a brick-and-mortar business in my community. I'm going to put people to work. And when he did the show, he was like, hey, you know, basically all my homies and stuff, I'm doing this to set an example. Just because we're from a particular place and people think this of us, we can rise above. And I just want to be that example for you guys in my community. And that's all it takes. That's you awesome. Know? That is awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the impetus of the book. Well, the I love that story. Yeah, it, it basically is. It's just challenging us to 
as the radio show, my radio show mirrors the book. And it's uh, the goal of the book and the radio show is to inspire, motivate, and challenge each one of us to become the best we can be for ourselves, our country, but most importantly, God. And, you know, trashing the roadways that he gave us this beautiful country and disrespecting one another. I mean, really, look at this in the Bible. We're supposed to honor God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law. Exactly. The other eight wouldn't be necessary if we followed the first two. Exactly. But God, in all his infinite wisdom, realized, wait a minute, this is man I'm dealing with here. <laughs> Adam made some choices, so they're going to make some choices. So right. I, I need, I, maybe i got to put it in black and white for them, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, this is Cynthia Hyde with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again after the break with Rob Ekno. I'm sure you're going to enjoy more of this story. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and this is Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for joining me today. I have a special guest with me. His name is Rob Ekno, all the way from Los Angeles, California. He has a great radio show that he does out there called In Your Face, and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about how you can get in touch with him as well and his website, because he's also written this great book that I have read completely that I really have enjoyed. So Rob, tell the listeners where they can get a hold of you and if they can get a hold of the book. Well, I think the easiest thing is just to go online at uh, Rob Ekno, E-K-N-O.com. And on there, you can see everything about me. There's a contact form as well. And we have uh, the book available is out there as well. If you want a signed copy, just let me know in the notes there. We can do that for you as well. Uh, but, you know, if when you read as you did, Cynthia, you know, one of the chapters, I think it's chapter two or three, is it explains why God wanted me to write this book. You yes, know, there I was, want you to tell that story because I love that story. Oh, my gosh. Well, between the radio show and the book, if you want to know whether you're on the path for God or not, but there was like uh, there were like a zillion things. And uh, one day somebody just said to me, you, I was out at a friend's house in Las Vegas, and she said, Rob, you need to write a book. And I'm like, what am I going to write a book about? And I went about for a couple of years going, well, I'm not a writer and this and that. And, and then all of a sudden, one day I'm standing at a grocery store in Burbank, California, and uh, two guys are in front of me. One turns around and his T-shirt just says, you have a book in you. I'm like, OK, we're starting to get some more clues. Then I was going to a church down in Orange County. And one day I'm sitting there with my family and this little lady, she's like 80 years old. She comes walking over and sits down with us. Well, usually they don't do that when you're having coffee and pastry. People usually find their own table and stuff. And she sits down and she goes, hi, my name's Patricia, and starts talking. She goes, so I'm in the middle of writing my third book right now. And then I'm like, I look over and I'm like, okay, (laughs) there's a, right? And then I told her that, you know, I had gotten this inspiration to write one. She says, well, make sure you follow through on that. And then it was a couple weeks later, I got, I was a little bit heavier than I am now. And I, and I uh, applied for an infomercial. Uh, about weight loss. So I go down there and I walk in that night and I was, I was in the, uh, I was married at the time. And, and, and I know my wife says, honey, you really need to make some money and stuff. I'm like, well, for some reason, I think God wants me here. I just feel it. I walk in and the guy that was the trainer used to play in the NBA and I want, he had a muscle shirt on and on one, uh, bicep, he had, uh, Jesus, John three sixteen with the picture of Jesus. And on the other bicep, it, it, he had tattooed, uh, my Lord and savior forever. And I'm like, 
Wow. Okay, maybe I'm supposed to be here. So I start training with him the next day. We're upstairs where the U.S. Olympic volleyball team trains, obviously, are actually with the champions down near Disneyland. And I go up there, and he goes, now, Rob, here's the thing. Follow the chart on the wall. If you have any questions, just at me. I'm going to be over here because I'm actually in the middle of writing my third book right now, (laughs) and I have to call my publisher (laughs) while you're sitting there working out, right? Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I'm getting a lot of hints here to write a, a, a book, right? And then, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, one day this girl comes in and she's really argumentative with the. And her husband was like six foot five, big giant guy. After about a week, I said, you know what? Even though we're big husbands here, and I'm a little bit smaller than that, <laughs> I'm gonna go talk to her. And I realized that she had been abused quickly by the men in her family, and she thought this trainer, instead of trying to help her be her best, was trying to abuse her. And anyways, I hug her. She starts crying. She, I walk away. I'm about 20 feet away. About five minutes later, she turns around and goes, Rob, you need to write a book. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was on a Friday. On Monday, I went up to Studio City, California. I pull into a 7-Eleven to get a, a bottle of water. The license plate on the car next to me said B-S-T-S-L-L-R. Bestseller. Wow. I took a picture of it. I ran home and I said, <laughs> okay, God, I get it. I got to write a book. Right. And then I was at church the, a couple of days later and I came walking through and I said, this is what he wants me to write about, about asking people to step up to the plate and let's get right by God yes. and let's make a difference. In, and, and see, we can't change the world. Like you can help change Phoenix area, right. Scottsdale right. area. I can help change Los Angeles area. So, no, but when you change and that young guy changes Van Nuys and I help to change and you help to change, all of a sudden, all these communities now are changing and America little by little by little. And we can't be an example to the world because this is about being the world leader. We're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. And my gosh, if you look at news reports and stuff, the financial stuff we've gotten ourselves into, the way we live our lives and all this, some people say we're as low as number seven. How scary is that? It's heartbreaking. The United States of America, right? And so in order for us to get back to being number one, it can't be just about finances. It has to be, if you're going to be a leader like Jesus, he got down at the Last Supper and he got on his hands and knees and washed the feet of his disciples. And they're like, what are you doing? You're the the guy. You don't do that stuff. We get us to do that. No, if I want you to follow me, I need to show you how to do it. Exactly. If we want to change the world and be a true leader, America has to come together county by county by county by county, state by state, and then we come together and then we can make the changes that we need to really be a true leader in this world. Well, and I think it's a good point when, when we say, why aren't we number one? And it's not being number one like in a competition. Correct. It's like so that people would follow after that, so that they would go, wow, that's the way to do it. That's what we want to look like. That's what we want to live like. That's the kind of lifestyle that we want to have, you know, so that people can buy into those values. It's not about, well, if I go to America, I can make a ton of money and have a ton of freedom and live the life, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's about the value system that America was built on is what created that amount of freedom. But freedom is is responsibility, and there are many people that want freedom without responsibility. Well, absolutely, and and so many people play the victim nowadays. Yes. Oh, this isn't fair, and look at me. I didn't get born in the right neighborhood or have the right parents or have the right schooling. Or, you know, this is a land of opportunity. No matter where you were born, no matter what your parents were, all this, you still have one God. 
and he instilled in you amazing talents and abilities just like think about it if we were all donald trump's building hotels and golf courses how boring would america be that's all we'd see is golf courses and hotels all over and who the would place. take care of them and who would build them right somebody has to build them somebody has to cut the brick the tile to build them somebody has to design them engineer them put the electricity in them so we need everybody to succeed Nobody on this planet succeeds by themselves without you can't succeed as a, uh, a therapist, as a minister, if you don't have people to minister to. That's right. Right. If you don't have people that need help that you can help, all your education goes to waste. You're just talking to yourself all day long. So we all need somebody to help us build a successful life. And it's our job to be there for somebody else. If I can't help somebody out and I know somebody needs help, well, it's not my job to uh, not help them. It's, hey, you know, my friend Cynthia can do this or my friend Bill can do that. You know, here's a phone number, call them. You know, and it's our job to, to care for one another. Every day we have to try to do something better today than we did yesterday. That's right. Well, I want to read this part out of the book because this is kind of what we're talking about. You say... I believe it's time for each of us as Americans to take the bull by the horns and become responsible for our own words and actions to show the world that we are indeed the best, a nation of faith and core values, proud of the way we live, thinking as much about our neighbors as we do ourselves. We need to demonstrate that America is a nation of integrity, creativity, and courage. It's time to lead by example. So I love that. And so I think that that's kind of the whole if we could get back to how we started and really realizing that instead of being overwhelmed by the huge entire debacle that we find ourselves in mm -hmm. is to really realize, wow, we can, you know, it's not like we want to go back and try to be 18th century people. What we want to do is we want to get back to our identity. That's who we are. It isn't about going backwards and living in the past mm -mm. or about not being progressive. That's the amazing thing about the Christian religion is that it's always progressive. So, we're up to a break again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Rog Ekno. We're going to talk more about God blessing America if it's not too late. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And joining me today is Rob Ekno. He's a very successful radio host in Los Angeles, California. Uh, he has a radio show that is called In Your Face. So I want to reintroduce Rob again. And I'm going to, I had asked him in the break if he would maybe tell us a little bit about his story and how his life has been so transformed by the Lord. So Rob, tell us some of that. Well, I can tell you one thing. When I was born, I had more hair on my head than I have now. That's the amazing <laughs> part. <laughs> Little kids, every time I go somewhere, I, they're always laughing and smiling. I know they're always pointing at my top of my head going, ah, I'm only six months old, dude. Look at me. <laughs> so, no, the Lord has transformed my life. I mean, he basically he has saved my life, you know, as he's done for so many. And, it, and it's miraculous that... Um, you know, that I'm here today. And there but the grace of God go I, because I see so many people who haven't made it through uh, some of the insanities that they've done. You know, and I, and I grew up in, in a home, and, and, and it, my mom and dad were divorced when they were uh, I was five years old, and I had a sister, and then my mom got remarried and had a couple of more brothers. And uh, as we grew older, and uh, I went off to college and stuff like that, and then my, my younger brother ended up, um, and I, I started drinking. And, um, this is in I, high school. 
Yeah, I was shy, and uh, we actually raised money in high school. We actually raised $18,000. Me and, and, and a teacher and a few other guys uh, raised $18,000 and started a 200-watt FM radio station that's still going all these years later, and it's been a good training ground for a lot of, a lot of kids and stuff that have gone on to great careers. And, um, and then I went on to college, and I was the shy guy in high school, and I went on to college, and all of a sudden, somehow, I'm the class president of my college. And uh, that led to keg parties and everything else under the sun, and it was partying uh, until, you know, two minutes before class started. I was a great leader. I was <laughs> – <laughs> thank God Jesus was a much better leader than me, that's for sure. Um, but um, – uh, then we, you know, then I got introduced. I ended up working at a uh, a radio station, became uh, one of the top rated guys in the area. And then a nightclub asked me to work for them on a couple of nights a week. And then all of a sudden, they also owned a strip club. And their strip club, the DJ quit one day and they said, hey, we know you're not working these days, so can you help us out? Well, somehow, you know, I always took pride in doing a good job. So I did a dang good job. And all of a sudden, I'm the assistant manager at this adult club. And I'm sitting there with, uh, you know, all these naked women. I'm in my early 20s. Wow. So, you know, if you don't have God in your life, you think this is the greatest life in the That's world. Right. <laughs> I got naked women in front of me all day. I got, I'm sitting there literally as far as you and I are apart, what, three, four feet? Right. The mayor's sitting there. The police chiefs are sitting there, right? Uh, supposedly, um, you know, for licensing regulations, exactly. making sure everything was proper. And I'm sitting there doing lines of cocaine, getting drunk. I mean, they're three feet in front of me. I mean, when you're out there, you're out there. You know, it was insane. And then fast forward, it just kept going on and on. And I, I still had gotten some good stuff going on in my career. And all of a sudden, one day it was all gone. Right. And uh, I had actually had a house and I sold the house and I made, this was 20 some odd years ago, which is even today, 35 grand is still a lot of money. Yes, right? Yes. But I made that and it all went to drugs. And I ended up on the streets of Fort Lauderdale. And one day I was there and I did, and it was funny because I used to go to Wendy's Hamburgers every day for the first couple of days, I was a uh, couple of weeks I was down there. They used to have a dollar or you could eat salad bar. And I went there every day at two o'clock and I ate as much as I could for a dollar and five cents. And that was my meal for the day. And I lost wow. a lot of weight. And then, uh, and then, and then uh, one day there was, um, I was walking to the, uh, on the sidewalk and I'm like, you know what, why am I wasting my time? You know, I got nothing. I lost it all. I had it. Oh, well, it's gone. Let me get out of the way so that, you know, I'm not in the way of bicyclists and tourists. And I was literally walking over. I said, you know what? My luck, I would get to swim today. I was walking over to the bridge where the uh, all the cruise ships, all the cruise ships come in. And I said, well, that way, in case I jump in and I'm able to keep myself afloat or my body keeps itself afloat by itself, <laughs> one of the cruise ships will come in and just end it all for me. And I heard a voice while I was walking there, and it just, uh, I never heard voices before. And it just said, why don't you go out to Hollywood and try to make something out of your life? And I'm like, where did that come from? Wow. And for whatever reason, I turned around, went back, sat on the beach, and, uh, and ended up uh, getting a DUI, getting back to New England, got a DUI, ended up getting on that. My dad gave me a, a little old car that he had. I ended up getting a little less than a year sober and drove to Los Angeles. And, um, Started life anew about three weeks after I was out here. I ended up getting born again at the Church on the Way with Jack Hayford out in uh, Van Nuys, California. Yes. And um, life has been a lot more saner since then. Exactly. Been through a lot of stuff still, but life is so much easier getting through when you have God helping you That's right. than it is trying to live in this crazy world on your own.
That's amazing. That's an amazing story because he really did some huge things through you when you weren't saved. And then he does even bigger things when when you are saved. And, you know, it really goes to show that God really has a plan for each of us. Mm -hmm. And we are made and created for a reason. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment, which is the last part of our show, the last part of our hour, as we talk with Rob Ekno even more about God bless America if it's not too late. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And if you haven't, if you're just joining in right now, I have a special guest. His name is Rob Ekno from Los Angeles, California. He's here in the studio with me today. And he has a show called In Your Face. It's www.indy104.com. Yes. Oh, and before I forget, my producer continues to remind me that I'm supposed to tell you that you can find me at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C. So I look forward to see, um, hearing from you and seeing you on Facebook. So, Rob, I'm so glad that you're here today. And I wanted to read something that I actually wrote on a note card from your book that I liked. And this is what you said. You said, when making choices to support our egos, it's often at the expense of our values. I think that was a great statement. God, I wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> It was awesome. That sounds like a lot of wisdom right there. I didn't know I was that smart. <laughs> well, and you followed, well, you followed it with Albert Einstein says, try not to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value. And I loved that. I love Albert Einstein. That's great. Especially living out in Hollywood where I live and, um, you know, dealing with, I guess you would say, the egos yes. of the world. And it's, you know, I'm part of a 12-step program, too. And a lot of the obviously famous people are in these programs and stuff. And, it, and it's so interesting because this is what I was talking about before, how, how we are all amazingly special people that God made. And so many people think that their value in life is based on whatever they have, acquisitions, businesses. And you'll see guys that can't get a part in a movie or whatever, an actor or an actress or a guy that, 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 that can't get a part with a band, you know, playing his instrument. And they'll sit in the back of the rooms with their baseball hats on them and dark glasses and not talk to anybody. Then all of a sudden they'll get a part in a, like a commercial or something or a TV show. And then they'll come walking in the next day with the hat <laughs> off and everybody like, didn't everybody notice me last night? And it's like, I'm somebody and I'm like, so yesterday you were a worthless piece of nothing. And today you're somebody because you have something. Right. And I always tell people when they try to strive for stuff and they think that stuff is going to make them. And, you know, yeah, we should all strive to live in a, a safe neighborhood and drive a safe car and, you know, have a couple extra dollars because rainy days will happen. Right. But Jesus died with nothing. Think about this. You have you museums for all the ex-presidents. Right. Is there a Jesus museum? I know. I, I thought about that. Right. That thing would be open. It would have to be open 24 hours, seven days a week, because everybody in the world, whether they believed in him or not, would still want to see that. Right. That's right. Because I believe that deep down, all of us know that there's somebody up there, whether they want to believe or not. And us as Christians, we only get one shot. Think about this. Probably about 95 percent, if not more, of everybody that ever comes into our life, 
we're going to have one shot at making an impression of shining that light of God through us upon those people. Not, hey, look at me, I've got this big gold ring on because I just won the championship, or look at me, I got the, you know, it's what is the light shining through that person that comes into you? Because most of the people are going to either pass you at a coffee shop or on the roadways or, you know, are you cutting them off? Are you doing, you know, what just different things? And what kind of an example are you truly being of, of Christ through you? You know, and so the values, I always say to people this, I say, okay, so when was the last time that anybody that truly loves you in your life, that really matters to you in your life, ever said to you, oh, Cynthia, you're coming over for dinner tonight? Uh, uh, You know what, darling? Can you make sure you bring your bank statements? Because the neighbor's got to make sure you make enough money, because otherwise dad and I really can't put Mm -hmm. ourselves in the, you know, oh, oh my God, you're driving that, you're still driving that beat up old little car? I'll tell you what. You know what? The, the, the grocery store is right at the bottom of the hill. Could you park down there? Dad and I will come and get you, right? And then we'll drive you up. And after we get done eating dinner, we'll bring you back down to that car. That way nobody will. It'll be good. Oh, wait a minute. You still have that little studio apartment. You don't have that house up in the Scottsdale Hills or, or wherever yeah, right. it might be around here in Phoenix area. You know what? I'll tell you what. When you get that house, you know, over in Scottsdale where the big resort is and all that, you call us. We'll come. Otherwise, we'll just wait. You enjoy your time by yourself. So when is anybody that's listening right now can honestly say that somebody that truly loves and cares about them, that wishes nothing but the best for them, that is there for everything, ever said a thing like that to them in their life? Well, see, and this is what I'm telling clients all the time. And I, when I do the, the lecture, I have this on be your own best version and your guaranteed value. I talk about, you know, your, the value of you is not something that you can acquire. It is inherent. It's, Mm-hmm. It's just in you. It's kind of like, you know, um, I value my dog. Okay, my my sweet little dog. He's a mongrel. He's very old. He can't see, can't hear anymore. But he's my dog. And I got him because I wanted a dog. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a dog to do my dishes. I didn't want a dog to make me look good. I just, I wanted a dog. And so when we look at things like, like you say, like, let's look at a $100 bill. So let's say there's a $100 bill on the ground. Would you pick it up? Absolutely. Let's say it was crumpled up. Would you still take it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, say uh, somebody spit on it. I'd take it. Still $100. You know, what if it's like, you know, in a dumpster, it's $100. Okay. I can get a stick and get it out, put gloves on, clean it up. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how we are as humans. It doesn't matter where we've been, where we've been, what's happened to us, how messy we are, how dirty we are, how the the depths of Sheol that we've gone to, we are still valuable and it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with anything outside. And Satan is always wanting to turn that around and cause us to think that our value is outside somewhere to acquire. Absolutely. Either get more money, look better, have a nicer car, have a prestigious job, no, um, you know, celebrity people, then maybe I'll be something, you know? And so it's important that we know we're someone without having to be something. You know, that we know that we are a value. It's not because we are being something, you know, a value. And it's hard to learn that. It's hard to instill that in ourselves because it's contrary to the way the world works. And the world doesn't support it. No, it's because it's a materialistic world, not yes. more of a spiritual world. And yes. uh, that was the point of the book. And, you know, even the, the radio show, which when people, if they read the book, and, and again, you can go on at robekno.com or you can go on Facebook 
Rob Ecknow either. I forgot about Facebook. Yes. Um, getting used to that social I know, media. I know. But the radio show, you know, I, I, I was sitting there and, and a bunch of people kept saying, you have to do a radio show about God. And I'm like, a radio show about God? How am I going to do that out in Los Angeles? I don't know anybody on the radio. Literally, I was at the Los Angeles County Fair two years ago. This year, it's two years. And I prayed about it two days before that. And somebody come walking up to me and starts talking about cotton candy and popcorn. And all of a sudden, he pulls a, a, a card out of his back pocket and goes, by the way, my name's Mark and I own a radio station. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Well, I have to do a radio show about God on your station and stuff. And uh, he's like, well, okay, I'll think about that. Literally, he came back about four or five hours later. I guess him and his wife were leaving. And while he stood with me about a foot apart, some young man, probably about 12, 13, comes walking in between us and just stopped. And he had a military dog tag on, and the dog tag said, Jesus, John 3.16. Wow. And I looked at the guy, and I said, somehow I think I'm supposed to do a radio show on your network. And um, all of a sudden, he says, okay, and he sets me all up, and we do this thing. He said, if you can do five days a week, I'll let you do a show, and I won't charge you for the airtime. And I'm like, right off the bat, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And I'm thinking, you know what it takes to do a show five days a week? That is a lot. <laughs> and I'm starting talking about God, of all exactly. things. Exactly. Where am I going to get people? Do you realize after the second week, he text messaged me during the middle of a show and said, you have 110,000 people listening to you right now. Wow. And after, That's amazing. Yeah. And, and we're on the internet, right? That's and I, right. I said to a pastor friend, I said, who is going to know about this show? It's on the internet. He said, do you know what WWW means? It means <laughs> World Wide Web. He said, God is giving you a free platform to share miracles of his children throughout the world. I'm like, wow. So three weeks after that, he text messaged me, you have over a quarter million people listening to you. Now, mind you, God is the only one telling people about this dang thing. That's it, right. it, it's heard in 99 countries right now. We get the reports every day because it's logged into the Internet. Right. And Guam and Thailand and, and all these places. Then somebody pointed out to me the other day, I was here in Phoenix a couple of days ago, and um, somebody pointed out that, you know, a lot of those places are looking to find things like on the internet stuff because that's the only way they can get them. That's right. Because they're not allowed to search for God. And two months ago, maybe a couple weeks before that, uh, he text messaged me during the middle of a show and said, you almost just crashed my servers. I can only hold a million seven hundred thousand at one time. And he said, you just barely crashed my servers on me. In that one hour, phenomenal. how does that happen? That's God. And it's all about sharing the miracles of God. And like I think I've shared before, the vision of the show is almost like yours. No wonder why he put you and I together. My vision is to inspire, motivate, and challenge yes. each of us to become the best we can be for ourselves, our country, but most importantly, God. I love that. So because, that's the vision. Because when I talk about, very similar when I talk about being your own best version, yes. it's like you know the version I was last year, I want to be a better version this year. I want mm -hmm. to be always updating, right? Absolutely. And asking, asking God for new installations and new apps and to be a better version than when I, even what I was yesterday. And so, because we're always, we're never going to arrive. You know, mm -hmm. that's that Philippians 1, <laughs> 6 that says, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So we're always in this process of God uncovering and, you know, honing our character and perfecting our character. And, you know, every time... You know, I think I've like worked through a major thing. I'm like, wow, I got it. That's done. And then I just go, yeah, only to know that I've got about 10 million other things to work on. You know, but God in his kindness doesn't give me the whole big picture because I get too discouraged. Mm -hmm. You know, so he doesn't tell me everything he's going to work on. He just says, this is what we're doing today. This is the thing we're working on today. And so I don't have to fret about 
somehow arriving. And if I arrive, then I'll be what God wants me to be. And then I'll get to do my calling. It's like I'm doing my calling while he's perfecting me, you know, because so many times we can discount ourselves and think that, well, we don't have our life fixed. We don't have our life cleaned up enough. So we really can't do anything for God instead of realizing that God, if you've ever read the Bible, who did he use? People. That's all he has to use. And all of us are in a process. Well, absolutely. And in uh, Corinthians 1, it talks about our ministries and that each one of our ministries is like the body. You know, yes. if the ear starts doing the part of the belly and starts trying to digest food, it's not going to work too well. That's right. You know, if the foot starts trying to pump the blood throughout the body rather than the heart. And I always thought, like you just said, I wasn't doing enough for God. And uh, some pastors have told me, you are a radio pastor. That's your job. Right. And I thought, well, no, I got to feed the homeless because I was homeless one time and I used to do that. And, I, and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. There's more things I got to do for God. But if we focus on the word, it made my life much easier. When I read that the other day, I said, wait a minute. So I just have to do my radio show and focus on spreading miracles of God. Because the show's not about me. As you know, it's about miracles of the people that yes. God has performed miracles in their That's lives. Right. And so it's about them. And so I don't have to worry about being a therapist like yourself and helping people in that way. I don't have to worry about feeding the homeless. My friends are doing that now, and they're doing an amazing job, and there's other people in various parts and churches. If I just focus on my piece, just like the same thing with the community, our ministries are the yes. same thing. Yes. If we all just do our part— and you and, and you could be sick at home, and you could say, well, how's God going to use me? Well, that's one of the great things about the Internet. You could send emails to people just letting them know you're thinking about them, yes. that you love them, that, you know, you could volunteer for nonprofits and help them on the end. You know, there's so many things that you can do. But if we all just take one and start trying to change the whole world exactly, and realize what an amazingly special, this is what I, what I would hope your audience would take away today, that they are an amazingly special human being, whoever's listening right now, just as they are. God loves them just as much now, as you mentioned, whether they have stuff, no stuff, whatever it might be. So that's my wish, is that somebody today listening would be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I, I get it, God, you do love me, and you'll love me now as much as you've ever loved me ever in my life. That's right. And I think it, it, I like that because it's important that we understand that we can't change God's mind, that you know, God has really good boundaries. And that mm. he's decided to love me and he does love me and there isn't anything I can do. Now, wow. what I can do is affect the quality of the relationship I have with him, mm. but I can't change the way he loves me. Yes. And so it's a very securing feeling to just say, you know what? I don't have to worry about that, even if it doesn't make sense to me, because it's a big thought to really integrate into my heart. But if I just really do that trust piece with God, that he really does love me. So... Thank you so much for joining me today, Rob. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversation with Cynthia. Join me next next week, and we will continue in our we process. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.